Hello. I want to make my comment for this man on the left that is, I guess, the host. I've never seen him before. Uh, I wish you would find something worthwhile to do. What you're doing is silly and stupid, and it's not helping America at all. You're just like running a circus. Thank you. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. Welcome to the circus, my friends, and thank you for joining us. Episode 455 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host and ringmaster of the aforementioned circus, Jesse Dollamore. Today, like every single episode, I am joined by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly co-host of mine, the beautiful Brittany Page. Yes, that is me. Thank you for the very kind introduction, sir. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very formal today. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I'm doing that. I, I was <laughs> I was in the middle of reading an article, and so I was... That seems to be how we start every show. Well... Because you're, you're always... You read a lot more than I do. Well, I have to be prepared. You do have to be prepared. Or else... I'm not prepared! I get mocked. There it is. When anyway, I'm not. so... So I, how, what, what I wanted to talk about is the fact that everybody knows, anybody who listens to the show for, you know, a little bit of time knows that you are a music nerd. You're a music, uh, every, to say you're a music fan is stupid because everybody's a fan of music. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who would say, yeah, music, I take or leave it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there are probably some people out there that don't really care about it. but no, I, Well, maybe I'm taking it too far. Uh, sometimes you'll hear someone say something kind of dumb like, man, I just, I really appreciate music. Like, they're special. <laughs> like, oh, I, it really touches me spiritually. It's just like, you know what? Shut your mouth. Everybody feels that way because music's fucking awesome. Well, I think that there are probably people out there that feel a stronger connection to music than other people yeah 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 i I know for sure that's true okay but to say it like you're completely special and on on an island unto yourself Uh uh-huh it's just i I don't know if it's douchey or yeah it's douchey it just depends on the kind of music they have to speak more specifically for jesse d I, i don't know okay i don't know anyway uh, you shared something with me today that I think is interesting. And, and I, one, my mind starts working about how the process works. But the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. didn't they just announce like their 2019 nominees for induction? They did. And I was shocked by a couple of them. Yeah. So there's 15 of them. And I'll just rattle them off right here. <laughs> the Cure, Def Leppard. The Cure, Def, Def Leppard. Okay. Devo. Or is it Devo? Devo. It's Devo, right? Yeah. Janet Jackson. John Prine. Okay. Kraftwerk. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. LL Cool J. All right. MC5. Don't know who that is. I think I know that they have a big hit, but I don't know what it is. All right. Radiohead. Okay. 
Rage Against the Machine. Okay. Roxy Music. I don't know. Neither do I. Uh, Rufus and Shaka Khan. They're not already. They, see, that was the surpriser for uh, me. Stevie Nicks. Todd, that, that's another surpriser. Todd Rundgren. Rundgren. I, I, I think a lot of people won't know who that is, and I only know who that is because of you. Yes. If you hear his songs, you know who it is. The Zombies. I, I don't know. Is that punk? Um, I'm going to be made fun of, I'm sure, but for some of these not knowing. Well, that's what it is. I'm getting I'm getting the zombies confused with the song Zombie by yeah the zombies are old old sixties oh, not okay. not that old everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so this is the third nomination for Rufus and Shaka Khan. Oh, okay, so it is nominations and then whatever panel or the voting body. Right. votes them in yes what, what, how the fuck have they not already been in there shaka khan well i don't know uh people don't value rufus and shaka khan apparently i guess not um and, and stevie nicks come on man yeah well so she's already an inductee with fleetwood mac but this is her first solo nomination oh, so this okay. is like her solo recognition just hmm. just her own yeah. body of work and then uh, <laughs> the others i mean it kind of makes sense to me I didn't know that they, it, year after year that I, th- I thought that they just pick them and then they're in. I didn't know that it's like, oh, you're up for it. And then, yeah, fuck you. Get out of here. Yeah, well, people are going to vote. I guess they say more than 1,000 previous inductees, historians, and members of the music industry, as well as the aggregate results of the Rock Hall's online fan vote. Oh, they let the people get involved. Gets to decide. <laughs> and uh, you must have released the your first commercial recording 25 years or more prior. Hmm. Yes. Well, it's, uh, I guess it means not, not necessarily the quality of your work, but the impact maybe on the industry. Because Def Leppard, come on. I, here, let me also say this. This is dangerous territory for people who think in public, people who are podcasters or YouTubers. Mm-hmm. You start shitting on something somebody loves and you're going to cause a controversy. So I'm sure we're already going to get emails. What do you mean? You don't like, you know, pour some sugar on me. Okay, well, <laughs> well, that's what I was going to get at with you hating on Def Leppard because I love Def Leppard. But if pour some sugar on me comes on, I would much rather have a raccoon claw at my fingernails <laughs> than listen to that song. So it's okay to recognize that maybe you never want to hear that song again because you've heard it so many times because it's pour some sugar on me and you've spent some time at some bars, right? Yeah, well, um, I, I spent some time in junior high. Okay, yes, exactly. So, <laughs> can, can I give a little personal anecdote that I just remembered? Sure. Is it about Def Leppard? <laughs> no, it's about something else. Okay. No, of course it is. Okay. So I grew up, obviously, very conservative Christian kid. Uh-huh. And I remember a friend of mine named John from back home, and he was turning me on to this this music, this Def Leppard. <laughs> and I remember specifically telling him, oh, yeah, I'm not allowed to listen to heavy metal. <laughs> wow. How hilarious is that? So sad. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy metal. This would have been right around the time that like back masking was it's the devil. Mm-hmm. So everything was the devil. Yeah. I mean, I've already talked about the fact that my parents thought Care Bears were the devil. Yeah, of course. Of course they think Def Leppard's the devil. Yep. Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Casting the spells. Yeah. It's Gotta dangerous. look out. Dangerous stuff. You know, witchcraft. The real thing. Yeah. 
casting spell magic. Mm-hmm. It's real and it's dangerous. Well, I saw Def Leppard in concert in 2008. With REO, REO Speedwagon. And Sticks. And Sticks, right. And I remember that tour. And Sticks was actually the best part of that show. It was incredible. Incredible. Well, they're probably already in, but Def Leppard, mm-hmm. they could be there too. Yeah, we'll see. I'd love to know what everybody thinks. Yeah. Is anybody shocked by that list? It, apparently, it's LL Cool J's fifth nomination, so he really needs to get in there, too. I think he he's earned a spot. And he's... Janet Jackson's third nomination. Oh, so. she's on the list, too? I didn't hear her name. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Miss Janet. Mm-hmm. Or Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, right? Yeah. <laughs> Freaking naughty. <laughs> Oh. Interesting, to yeah. say the least. Yes. Anyway, so let's move on. we got a lot of listener communication to get to, both emails and voicemails. And let's start with someone stealing my goddamn thunder. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. It's Kelly from New England. I have wanted to call in and say so many things, but I am working on my thesis, and that really cuts into my time quite a bit, as I'm sure Brittany can attest to. Um, but uh, thank you for the reminder. I got my flu shot yesterday, and this is more of a public service announcement to um, all other people who are veterans. If you have your VA card, you can just go to a Walgreens, and you can get a free flu shot, which is what I did, and I recommend that uh, all veterans do that if you have your VA card. If you don't have your VA card, take your DD-214 to the VA hospital and get one and get a free flu shot, and stay well, everybody. Okay, love the show. Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Where where were you with that information on the last show? Well, the plan is that tomorrow I'm going to go down and get my flu shot, and then I was going to talk about it on the next episode and give that particular piece of information. Do you know what the plan was? Is that you were going to get your shot on Tuesday? So sounds like somebody's putting down over there. Anyway, I would like to thank Kelly for her service. Thank you, Kelly. Well, a hero. Yes. and Hero by virtue of serving in the military. Good job, That's Kelly. That's all it takes. The bar is very, very low. Thank you, Kelly. And <laughs> um, thank you for that tip, too, because, yes, yeah, that, is, sure. that is awesome that they do that. And we also we got some messages from people over the past few days that, like, Target will give you a $5 gift card or like a coupon discount on the flu shot. So that's not a veterans thing. That's an everybody thing. Right. If you're, if you're not into the flu shot just because of the necessity for other human beings and yourself, (laughs) then maybe you'll be motivated by the free goods that you can get. So call around, see what you can get for free with the flu shot and that'll help motivate you to get one. Or just reward Kelly for being a dick and stealing my thunder. (laughs) We have dicks for listeners. Good times. Good times. All right. Hello, this is Nick. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, although I am in the Idaho with Dallamore Facebook group, and I was a patron at one point. Um, yeah, I, I just listened to the most recent episode where you're talking about Captain Marvel, um, and uh, I don't have much plans, I, but I just had to call and put in my two cents. Um, well, those like people on the Internet are just idiots. Uh Please don't think that they are saying anything of seriousness as far as comic book fandom. Um, I'm a huge comic book nerd. Uh, Captain Marvel is a major comic book character, at least in the past 15 years. And uh, they're just idiots. Like, I mean, um, and a lot of them are just anti-SJW bullshitters on YouTube. And uh, just they're just spreading 
hate and bullshit and sexism and racism, and they ha- it has nothing to do with like any kind of reality as far as what the character is in the comics. Um, uh, they're just mad about women getting more representation in comic books and and, and now in superhero movies. Uh, and uh, it's a small minority of nerds, and like like saying that like oh the nerds are saying this that's bullshit. I mean, literally everyone I talk to at the comic shop does not agree with that bullshit. And uh, Captain Marvel, I mean, smiles, doesn't smile. It's all just bullshit. Like she's, I mean, I don't, I don't think of her as a stoic character. Uh, but that particular criticism is just dumb. I mean, yeah, as you said, you know, Iron Man isn't necessarily a stoic character either. Um, and yeah, that's, I guess that's all I have to say. Just. Uh, that it's not um, it's not a serious criticism, and it's not uh, representative of of comic books. Comic book fans uh, love the show. Brittany is the best part. Love the show. Brittany is the best part. Bye. Thank you, Nick. I really appreciate this call actually because I think that we probably were generalizing to the nerd population i guess you could say um probably probably not me but more like jesse who um tends to get very radical when he talks about nerds because he has an affinity for nerds he's not trying to malign the the group right yeah just passionate i I look at nerds as like not nerds like hey everybody yeah i got my pocket protector i don't think of it like that i think of like people who are super nerdy about one thing and focused and and passionate about something it's not it's not a it's not a negative descriptor, mm-hmm. but I completely discounted the troll factor in this. Yes. I forget about that all the time. Yes. Well, I think that it, you might have been influenced by Brie Larson's reaction. So the fact that she felt the need um, after seeing people Photoshop the smiles on Captain yeah. Marvel, her character, the, fel- the fact that she felt the need to respond says something maybe about the number of messages she received or the number of spam. And so you could naturally extrapolate from that that maybe it was a lot of people and how many trolls could there really be. So that's could have been the logic for you. Well, it's kind of like Amy Schumer faces the same thing. And it's not people who are just, they're cinephiles. They just love movies and they want to shit on her art or her projects. It's people who are dicks and they just want to be dicks about feminism or about whatever causes that she's behind because people are dicks. Yeah, I did want to say I saw an interesting um, report that came out of the womensmediacenter.com and they actually did a survey of girls and boys age 10 to 19 and they asked them basically about role models that they see on TV and specifically as it relates to the sci-fi superhero genre and 63% of girls said there are not enough role models of their gender. Hmm. 65% of girls said there are not enough relatable characters of their gender. And again, 65% said there are not enough strong characters of their gender. Yeah, that's So a there are girls out there, ages 10 to 19, that are really hungry for more of these characters and not just like a smiling, goofy... Uh, Captain Marvel. They yeah. want a strong, relatable character you to would, see on screen. You would think that Hollywood would do a better job after watching, witnessing, experiencing what took place with Wonder Woman. Right. With Gal Gadot. Mm-hmm. That they would want to fucking jump on that ship and 
and take it all the way to the goddamn bank because it's not ju- it's not charity they're doing here. It's not social work. <laughs> it, they're making mi- hundreds of millions of dollars, mm-hmm. and there's a trend here that they need to fucking follow for their own bank account sake. Right. I, I do want to say I think Nick he really distilled this down to its basis level in this particular statement. Those people on the internet are just idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That might find its way into the rotation. Oh, the internet. So thank you, Nick, first time caller. Those people on the internet are just idiots. We appreciate it very much. All right, moving on, still kind of in the the internet uh, arena here, is Andrew from Louisiana. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Andrew from New Orleans. And I just wanted to share this meme that I found on Facebook, and I, I shared it on mine. Uh, and, and I thought it's one of the funniest things actually, uh, to this climate. It's a picture of, there's two pictures. There's a picture of Donald Trump saying, you know, it's a scary time for young men in America when you can be guilty of something that you are not guilty of. Go to the second picture is is a picture of the Central Park Five, all of them saying, go fuck yourself. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. You know, it it go it is central to the climate and what's going on and the hypocrisy of what this whole narrative is of uh you know a doomsday for young men in America. I just wanted to share that. Uh you know, hope you enjoy your day. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Later. Brittany's the best part. Yeah, well, these people only care about evidence in certain contexts, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, there's some good memes out there right now about it. Yeah, Donald Trump leading the birther movement. I mean, everything. It's, oh, we're going to talk about that today. Yeah, Melania's interview. Right. It's ridiculous that now they're coming out talking about evidence, and it's only important when due process. They want due process, right? When it's for people on their side. Yeah, and it's really embarrassing because. <laughs> The hypocrisy is so blatant that you'd think they'd be smart enough to catch on. You know, sometimes I wonder when um, Lindsey Graham, for example, starts praising Donald Trump. And then that tweet of his starts circulating online again about how if uh, Donald Trump is elected, it's the end of the road or something. Yeah. Very dramatic. I mean, very factual, but also dramatic. And I wonder how he feels when he sees it. Does he take a second to reflect on what a hypocrite he is? Or does he just have to ignore it? Because if he does acknowledge it, it's going to be too vulnerable for him and he can't go on with himself or what? Yeah, I don't know. I think that there's there's some of these people who have been the, the, the most egregious offenders like Lindsey Graham, because he said he was a, a loon. And I mean, he said all kinds of not even in tweets, like in interviews on Fox News. Um I think that they they're taking advantage of the fact that Donald Trump's unevaporatable <laughs> uh, base, the thirty mm-hmm. percent, that no matter what they say, no matter what the fuck they say, as wild and insane as it can be, that thirty percent isn't going anywhere. And then you you, you couple that with the fact that uh, Donald Trump has like a ninety one percent approval rating among Republicans. He, they're just they're 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 playing to their team. Mm-hmm. They don't care what the rest of America thinks because the rest of America isn't going to vote for them. It's pretty remarkable. It is sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
But thanks for that, uh, Andrew. <laughs> I, I was a little worried when you when you when I first listened to the call and I when you said I'm going to explain this meme. I thought, oh, this isn't really going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. It worked super well. Yeah, it was so perfect. We appreciate it. All right. Hey guys, Chris from Oklahoma City again. I'm going to do it right this time and say, long-time listener, second-time caller. <laughs> First of all, thanks for the recommendations, Brittany. I have been checking them out. A while back, you guys asked to let you know how long people have been listening to the show. I can't really tell you because Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever only goes back to episode 366 and I know I've been listening longer than that. So I'll say 325. Anyway, I know I sounded kind of depressed the last time I called and that was because all the shit that was happening on that day but I have found a solution and I want to know what you guys think of it. I have deleted my Facebook and severely cut down on my Twitter time. And I find that I'm a lot less stressed. I'm wondering if you think that's a good solution or if it's like avoidance or whatever. But uh, I found that social media is a very big stressor, especially in election years. I'm still paying attention to what's going on, but I'm not, like, saturated by it 24 hours a day. Anyway, I do love the show, and Brittany is still the best part, although Jesse D is pretty awesome, too. How I'll talk dare to you, guys you later. sir? Bye. <laughs> love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Yeah. Um, Thank you for that call, Chris. Yeah, listen, I'm... Um, I have... A t slight bit of experience with this because um, a few months ago, I took 10 days, I think it was, a week or 10 days, and I unplugged completely from social media because I, I, was, I was a dick to somebody online and uh, regretted it, immediately regretted it after I said some shitty stuff to somebody and deleted the tweets and then he called me out for deleting them and whatever. Anyway, uh, and I, I announced, I said, and I, I see a lot of people who do this though. I'm going to be leaving and blah, blah, blah. And then the, five minutes later, they're back to posting. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure I actually took the time. And really, it was for me, not for everybody else. And it was uh, it was a cycle. It was a, a process that I went through. Like for the first day, it was a little, you know, uh, jonesing to get back on and, and check things out. And I forced myself to not even check notifications. I got back on and had hundreds and hundreds of notifications that were unchecked. And then uh, it took, so after the 10 days, it took me um, about a week to kind of get back into the swing of things again, into normal social media activity. And uh, I think I'm better for it. I think um, it was a good thing. So for my uneducated layman's opinion, um, Chris would be that it is uh it's absolutely a positive thing. I wouldn't say it's avoidant at all. Mhm. Mm well, I'll also offer an uneducated opinion since I haven't reviewed the research on social media breaks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but I don't have to say that because everyone just knows I didn't review the data. Well, I, w- I would say whatever is best for your mental health is, I mean, that's what's important. Um, it doesn't sound like avoidance to me. I mean, Chris, you said that you're still checking in. You're still keeping up with the news. So you haven't completely disconnected. Uh, it sounds like that's an important value for you to know about what's going on with current events. So that's something that can stay, right? Because you you want to be in the know. You want to know what's going on. But it, it seems like you just kind of got rid of the part that you felt was problematic. And that yeah. seems like the healthy thing to do. Uh, if you're checking it too much and it's causing you stress and you say, wow, this is a way that I can eliminate some stress from my life and make my life easier. Yeah, it's like that sounds a, great. It's like having a rash on your arm. If you're constantly fucking scratching at the rash, it's not avoidance to put a fucking Band-Aid over it so you don't scratch at it anymore. You're removing an irritant. I think it's great. Yeah, so I... That's my professional <laughs> clinical advice, Chris. We actually <laughs> we actually should probably do more of what Chris is doing. And if you have the most recent update on your phone, if you have an iPhone, you can look at how much time you spend on your phone. They track it now. It's, yeah, you go to settings and it's right there, screen time. Yeah, well, and I think once a week it tells you, it sends you an alert, a push notification for your average time a day spent on your phone. And when you see that time... I don't have that alert turned on. <laughs> it, it's a little shocking. Yeah. That that much time of your day is dedicated to holding this thing in your hand and staring at it. It's pretty remarkable. It's why we all have tech snack now. Well, I I, I don't know if I shared this on the show. I, I've talked about it to a couple people. When that feature came out and I looked, I freaked out and deleted all of the games on my phone. Mm-hmm. Because I was on, on... I'm embarrassed to say how much I was on my phone, but it's... Um, Embarrassing, so I'm not going to say it, yeah. but a, a lot of time. <laughs> enough that it freaked me out that, holy shit, how fucking unproductive of a douche am I? Yeah. I got I to gotta get this off here mm-hmm. because I'm also an undisciplined pig who, if it's there, I'm going to go on. Yeah. I mean, not to humble brag, but uh, a, a right. lot of my time is spent reading on my phone. So some of it is reading. <laughs> Okay, but a lot of it's not. Yeah, but you do. You do read articles and shit. (laughs) Yeah, but a lot of it's not. I'm just trying to I'm trying to make excuses. I'm in denial. Okay, Chris, thank you. Yeah, for sure. We appreciate it. (laughs) All right. I think we've got uh, let's read an email. Then we'll go to one last call and we'll move on with the program. Jesse and Brittany, I am keeping up with your content from the videos on YouTube as well as the podcasts. All in a thinly veiled hope that Jesse won't yell at me. But I wonder what your thoughts about the ads that are shown below your videos. Does YouTube allow advertisers to buy ad space below whatever video or channel they choose? As a metric of the growth and influence of your channel, it seems like a great compliment that Trump, Pence 2020, and the NRA have both made appearances while I have watched your content evolve and your production expand. I can't decide whether it is out of line for YouTube to sell ad space to conservatives and likely liberal ads during conservative videos or not. Wasn't that a major issue with Facebook's hands-off approach during the 2016 election? Love to hear your thoughts, Tim. Tim! Well, I guess in in the spirit of your call, God damn it, Tim! Mm-hmm. Yelling at him. Thank you for the support. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I... I, I I get asked this question a lot in the comments. I maybe I should just have a, a, a 
an answer that I just copy and paste. But I don't care if the NRA is throwing away their money on my audience. They're not going to be fucking convincing my my people, if you mm-hmm. know what I mean. The CRTV, they run a bunch of ads, too. Yeah. Those ding-dongs with Gav McGinnis. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Trump Pence 2020. But if that's what they got to do, you know what? They can throw their money away, and I will for certain uh, deposit that right into my bank account. Um, the little money that I do get. Mm-hmm. Um, Something that is concerning is, or more concerning than the ads that are being run, is the YouTube algorithms that send people into racist alt-right conspiracy territory. Yeah, sure. So I don't really care what ads people see. I care more about the algorithm. So if they could fix the algorithm to send everybody to the Dollamore YouTube channel. That would be fantastic. To watch all of those ads, then that would be great. Someone work on that. You got some ideas. Does anybody know anybody, <laughs> any big wig algorithm tweakers? YouTube algorithm. At, uh, at YouTube would be great. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much, Tim. We appreciate uh, looking out. You know, it's I, I don't uh, I don't sit and watch my videos, <laughs> so I don't get served ads. So, you know, I don't know unless I see it in the comments or here on the show. We appreciate it. All right. One last voicemail, and then we're going to move on. Hey guys, it is Trevor Dutterhoe from Anderson, South Carolina, and I was listening to bonus episode 66, <clears throat> and uh, well, I had a friend pass away a week ago today, and uh, at the beginning you guys were talking about grieving and the six stages, and then you mentioned the seventh step, and I just want to let you guys know that it meant a lot. Um, I'm going through hell right now. He was my best friend, and we don't really know if it was a suicide or an accident. But uh, I just want to thank you guys for what you do. It's helped me a lot. Um, yeah, thank you. And you guys are both the best part. Love you both equally. Thank you. Trevor, thank you for the voicemail. Um... I'm very sorry about your best friend. That's really difficult. And uh, we appreciate you calling and sharing. I believe the bonus episode that you were talking about was the Ted Larkins interview. And I do remember a little bit talking about the stages of grief on that episode. I think, and if I didn't talk about this, I definitely want to say it now, that one of the important points about the stages of grief that I think it's important to acknowledge is that grief is not a linear process, right? So if you go look at those stages of grief and try to put yourself in one of the stages and think, oh, I'm halfway through, right, to the next stage or or whatever, um, it doesn't really work like that. I mean, it's a roller coaster and that's okay. Uh, it's, It's tough to lose the people that you love and that you had connections to. And... So sometimes I think those stages can put unnecessary pressure on people to feel like they need to meet a certain stage in a certain amount of time. Yeah, right. or, tapping their toe, waiting for the next thing to come along. Right, or that they're feeling sad for too long or something like that. And of course, if if you notice that maybe you're not feeling the way that you would like to be feeling in a certain amount of time or that it it's more than just grief, then that's something you want to address for sure. But give yourself that space to grieve and feel those emotions. That's perfectly fine. And it's important. In fact, it honors your loved ones. 
Um, so we really feel for you, Trevor, and we appreciate you calling in and we hope you're taking care of yourself. Um, taking some time to reach out to your friends, share with them how you're feeling, uh, get that social support. It's very, very important. And we hope that you have that. Uh, and we're happy that the episode spoke to you in some way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, about a year ago, in fact, just, just about a year ago, exactly. I lost a very, very good friend. I mentioned it briefly on the show in the fires in, uh, Northern California. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is, there are still moments where, um, especially seeing it on Facebook, um, mm-hmm. people post about him and it's it's hard. Yeah. So do absolutely take care of yourself, Trevor. Um, and if you feel the need, if you need to reach out to somebody, find somebody in your local community, whether it be a therapist or clergy, whomever, mm-hmm. uh, a loved one, whatever. And um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask um, for a brace, to lean on someone. Yeah, I think grief is also one of those things where other people get uncomfortable and don't know how to interact with the person that has lost a loved one. And really, you don't need to do anything different. You just, do you need anything? Can I listen to you? Do you want to talk? Yeah. Um, lending a hand and showing support for those people. That's all that you need to do. Um, and so we, we definitely are sending you wishes, well wishes, and um, we're hoping you're taking care of yourself. Absolutely. All right. Moving on. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. We have one Patreon supporter who upped her pledge. All right. That is Catherine. Catherine. And then we have two brand new Patreon supporters. Woohoo! Jake. <laughs> Jake and Kim. Kim. Yes. Awesome. Beautiful. We appreciate you guys very much helping us keep the lights on, helping us move the conversation forward, helping us produce the kind of content that we produce that apparently you appreciate greatly. Yes. For the rest of you, if we are doing that, we would love to have you join the Patreon family. Um, we do bonus episodes that are produced by you for the general audience Mm -hmm. we're starting to do more patreon only content right we did that ask me anything episode which was two hours long and it was a good time it was a it was a great time a lot of out of the norm questions that you don't hear on the show Uh uh-huh and then uh we also do the zoom hangout calls the google hangout calls at the end of every month uh one on a friday night one on the next on the saturday morning and those are always a really good time where we get to sit and chat and talk with uh, listeners, mm-hmm. Patreon supporters. It's uh, it is uh, we fostered some some good times, some some good relationships on those calls. So, yep, uh, all of that can be found at dollamore.com slash Patreon. Yes, since we have an ad read and then we just did a live read. And don't forget, everybody, because soon it will be Halloween, which means soon it will be Thanksgiving. Yes. And the Thanksgiving episode is one of our favorite things to do. 
If you don't know what we're talking about, then go and search for them. They're on YouTube. I think two of them are. And also, if you go to dollamore.com and do a search for Thanksgiving, then they will come up as well. Um, If you want to start sending in your messages, you can do that now, whenever. You just tell us what you're thankful for. You don't need to say your name because we'll cut it out anyway. It's all anonymous. Yeah, you you don't say your name. You don't say how much you love the show. None of that makes it in. Right. Just think about what you're thankful for. And if you want to get an idea of kind of how the show goes, then go listen to those episodes and start sending those in because we want to have an awesome, thankful show. I think it'll be our fifth one. Yes. All right. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So this week was like really any other in <laughs> Donald Trump land. Mm-hmm. Um, a frenetic pace of the news. One, Brett Kavanaugh is now officially on the Supreme Court. Yep. But there are developments that oddly enough, I don't think are getting enough coverage at all. Kristen, thanks. Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts is asking federal judges outside the Beltway to investigate complaints over statements made by now Justice Brett Kavanaugh during his contentious confirmation. A letter from Roberts was posted on the website of the D.C. Appellate Court, the D.C. Appeals Court, where Kavanaugh served for 12 years. Roberts says he received the ethics complaints beginning September 20th, but did not act on referrals until today. As we've been saying, Hurricane... So, <laughs> Do you, can we just pause? So that what? was that was Brett Bear on Fox News. Yeah, like a twenty-eight second clip, fewer than twenty-eight seconds. Right. I really great. Thank you for reporting that. I think that they might have been the ones to break that news because when I saw it on Twitter, it was coming from Brett Bear. Yeah, and that's great. But how much time was spent on that? And then he automatically transitions into Hurricane Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are concerned about Hurricane Michael, but let's see. We'll do this live. Chris, about 28 seconds, because I the the clip, the full clip is 35 and I cut it way short because he rambles about the hurricane for too long. Yeah. Too long for us. Not we're not talking about the hurricane. So I cut that off. Well, imagine what would happen if a Democratic president had pushed through uh, a Supreme Court justice nominee yeah. the way that they did Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. And then it was revealed that the chief justice had forwarded on ethics complaints. But held on to them before doing so. To st- to initiate an investigation. Yes. Do you think that Fox News would spend more than 28 seconds on that? No way. <laughs> Fox News is a reputable news organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Pretty crazy. Yeah. But we're going to follow that. And I think it's going to start getting more and more coverage. In fact, you might hear about it. You know, this is uh, this is Wednesday night or Wednesday. Uh, you're going to be listening to this on Thursday, and uh, you might start hearing about uh, how, about it then. Mm-hmm. I, I could talk. That would be a good thing since this is what I do. So before you move on, there was no, a- no. I have to move on. Okay, there was a really great article <laughs> in the New York Times about the history of the Supreme Court and kind of the demographics of it, and it was really fascinating in the worst way um, because there has been a complete lack of diversity. Of course. And obviously the ramifications of this are profound throughout our history, but Brett Kavanaugh, obviously, um, he is the 114th justice in American history, Mm -hmm. 114. 
Of those, 111 have been white. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 110 have been men. And the past 12 justices, including all of the current court, have attended Ivy League law schools. Wow. So we're talking about rich white people, r- rich white men. Yeah. That's predominantly that's right. what the Supreme Court yes. has found. Isn't that, I mean, it's expected, but it still is shocking in a way because, I don't know, it's important to start diversifying For sure. every aspect of life to make it look like our nation. But I mean, think, it doesn't look like our nation. Can I put the the positivity, glass half full, silver lining hat on? Uh, Sure. Should give people hope the rapidity with which things have changed. Mm-hmm. That prior to my birth, it was all, with the exception of a few black dudes, a couple black dudes, not even few. <laughs> um, one, Thurgood Marshall. Right. Um, he was the first in 1967. That's right. So he was the first. But then you got Sandra Day O'Connor, Elena, Elena Kagan, uh, Sotomayor. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Four, I mean, four women. <laughs> yeah, well, but all super, it all just happened. Right, right. So that's the new era that we're in, mm-hmm. that it's no longer out of the, the ordinary. Mm-hmm. And that should be something that we do look at, like, oh, yeah, well, we are in a new era. We're not in 1950 anymore. Yeah, that is that is a good way to look at it. Although something that concerns me is that this is like a controversial point to make, diversifying Anything is controversial in some circles that representation isn't actually useful. You hear people make this argument. Fox News, Tucker Carlson. Right. Tucker Carlson. But I I can think of many other people that are not on Fox News that are other places that might be libertarian leaning, for example, um, that make this argument. And it just seems so misguided. It, it, I mean, I don't understand how you can discount it when research shows the impact that yeah. representation has on young people. It's just in, in direct contravention of the facts, of research, of just basic fucking common sense. Yeah. That if you have women, sorry, if you have women on the court, mm-hmm. they've lived a different experience. They think about things a different way. They understand the, the struggles and the prejudices that they face. Right. And... Uh, Men don't get it. Men don't have to fucking look over their shoulder when they're walking through a dark parking lot. Women do. Yeah. It's just diversity does breed new ideas, better ideas, more well-rounded thought. It's one of the strangest ideas that has somehow become a, a PC idea. Yeah. That considering someone's life experience outside of your own is wrong. <laughs> When, right. when that's actually just how reasonable people should behave. Fucking snowflakes. With the understanding that the indoctrination that you received as a child, I'm using that word, but the education. She's not a Christian! <laughs> I'm not necessarily that's, referring to that's that. That's Donald Trump's next nomination for the court right there, yeah, by the way. Uh, but the experiences that you've had in your life yeah. do not generalize to the population. No, they don't. And so, Well, not necessarily, right? They might, but not necessarily. And so taking into consideration other people's life experiences and making room for that information in your head, this should not be a PC idea. It should right. just be how logical people understand things well think about it this way how great of a world is it if it if the rules are set for the the experiences of just donald trump yeah well that's 
that doesn't, how's that going to fucking help me? How's that going to help you? Right. That's going to help people like Donald Trump, that small sliver of the goddamn world. Mm -hmm. That's that. I mean, that's exactly why representation matters. That's why diversity matters. Right. Well, and even when you're talking about the socioeconomic status of the individuals that make it to the Supreme Court, all of them have privilege. Yeah. They come from a, a place of privilege, just like Donald Trump. And in order to have people start caring about poverty and income inequality, you need to have people whose lives have been affected by those issues. Otherwise, what does Donald Trump care? He's been making 200 grand since he was four. Yeah, right. Right. He, he was a, a mil- millionaire when he was eight. That's right. <laughs> what does he care about people in poverty? Not only what does he care, what the fuck does he know about it? Right. He doesn't know. Mm-hmm. about it especially given his resistance to consider other points of yeah, view right sure. he's someone who believes that he has it figured out tippy top shape there you go so speaking of tippy top shape uh <laughs> there was a surprise resignation yeah Nik- nikki haley mm-hmm. the ambassador to the un and uh people are scratching their heads although uh, we may have an idea of why she's gone Surprise resignation of UN Ambassador Nikki Haley. She is the 12th senior official to leave the administration this year. Speculation swirling about why the rising GOP star is making the move just weeks before midterm elections. Our senior White House correspondent Cecilia Vega has all the latest. Good morning, Cecilia. Hey, George, good morning to you. President Trump says Haley told him she wanted off the job about six months ago, but still this surprise announcement caught even some top administration officials off guard. And Haley, she's not saying exactly why she's leaving. President Trump back on the campaign trail. This is truly a historic week for America. Using his recent Supreme Court victory to rally supporters in Iowa and stoke anger at Democrats. What the Democrats did to Brett and his beautiful family is a national embarrassment, a national disgrace. But that victory lap overshadowed by the latest shakeup back home. U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley caught even some top administration officials off guard with her surprise resignation announcement. President Trump says no hard feelings. I think she's helped make it a much better position, if you want to know the truth. I think it's become maybe a more glamorous position than it was two years ago. She was also one of the few women in the president's cabinet, someone who didn't hesitate to publicly disagree with him, saying this about the women accusing the president of sexual misconduct. They should be heard and they should be dealt with. As for why she's leaving now, Haley is not saying. There's no personal reasons. I think that it's just very important for government officials to understand when it's time to step aside. The one thing she says not on the horizon? No, I'm not running for 2020. I can promise you what I'll be doing is campaigning for this one. And she had a special message for two people who were right there in the room. Jared is such a hidden genius that no one understands. And Ivanka has been just a great friend. And now among the names being floated as a possible Haley replacement, Ivanka Trump. Ivanka would be dynamite. Is it a serious consideration though? Would she be a good fit for that job? I think Ivanka would be incredible. That doesn't mean I'd, you know, I'd I'd pick her because you'd be accused of nepotism, even though I'm not sure there's anybody more confident in the world, but that's okay. And just like that, Ivanka Trump took herself out of the running with a tweet, George. She said, I am not that replacement. So we can cross that name off the list. So she's off the list. Who's on it? 
Well, the president says he's got a list of about five names long. Uh, we know among them is Deputy former Deputy National Security Director Dina Powell. She's one of the names on that list. Uh, the president says that he wants to name this replacement over the next two to three weeks. George, that could make for a pretty long, awkward transition since Na Haley says she's not leaving uh, until the end of the year. And no confirmation until after the elections. OK, Cecilia, thanks very much. People who have been following the news the past few years know nothing about Jared Kushner except for the fact that he can't fill out forms. Right. And, he and also, Nikki Haley thinks he's a genius. He's like a walking human cartoon. Yeah. The background, uh, this background check chief is quoted in one of these articles <laughs> talking about how he has never seen mistakes and omissions like those on Jared Kushner's form. That's because they're not mistakes. They are omissions they're the work of a genius apparently i'm jared kushner and i can't get my forms right everybody so can we talk <laughs> about this weird praise for nikki haley when she's actually terrible um <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being serious say I, it again can, we, can talk we talk about this weird praise for Nikki Haley when she's actually terrible? Right. The, <laughs> the the thing that they played to illustrate that she pushed back against Donald Trump was that they yeah. should be heard and, and they should be with. dealt with. Yeah, that stuck in my ear, too. Wait a minute. What? Yes. The woman should be heard and they should be fucking dealt with. Yeah. Great. She sounds fantastic. She's really pushing back hard against Donald Trump. But not only that, you remember when that U.N. report condemning poverty in the United States came out Yeah, from Philip something. I forgot his name. Philip A. Uh, and Nikki Haley, they kind of did battle because she said it was ridiculous that someone would even go and analyze poverty in, in America, the, in, America, in yeah. the United States of America. Even though there's a massive swath of Americans that live in desperate poverty. Yeah, I mean, it's completely ignorant. and She it's, also pushed to get us off the Human Rights Commission. Yeah, so I don't want to hear any of this praise for her because she seems like the most normal person that's in the administration. Yeah. She's, she's not. She still is doing terrible things, like covering up the problem that exists in this country related to people living in poverty. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the Ivanka thing, though? Yeah. Because I don't like their take, uh, their ABC's take, that... Well, we could cross that name off the list because she says she's in a tweet. She's not the one. Yet, let me tell you something. If Donald Trump went to Ivanka, that tweet would be ignored or deleted, and then she would be the fucking UN ambassador. <laughs> um, but they also didn't play the entire exchange, and we're going to play it here because uh, that's what we do. Uh, he's being asked about Dina Powell, but also kind of an aside, hey, we heard Ivanka and listen to this full exchange. Well, Dean is certainly a person I would consider, and she is under consideration. We have actually many names, and you know, Nikki has been great. Nikki's gonna be working along with us and helping us with the choice, plus he's gonna help us with 2020, and uh, Nikki's a great friend of mine. We've become real friends over the last period of time. She's done a fantastic job, and so she'll be involved. And Dina certainly, and there are others. I've, I've heard a lot of names. I've heard Ivanka. I've heard how good would Ivanka be? The, the people that know, there's nothing to do with nepotism, but I want to tell you, the people that know, know that Ivanka would be dynamite. But, uh, you know, I'd then be accused of nepotism, if you can believe it, right? Yes. <laughs> Dipshit. I think Ivanka would be incredible. That doesn't mean I'd, you know, I'd, I'd pick her because you'd be accused of nepotism. 
even though I'm not sure there's anybody more confident in the world, but that's okay. But, uh, but we are looking at numerous people, and uh, it is interesting. The, the name you just mentioned has been thrown about. Donald Trump is a tremendous fucking jackhole. The reason you would be accused of nepotism, a dipshit, is because hiring your daughter is the definition of nepotism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what What's well, happening? I, ho- I, w- I want you to get a hold of a phone and get through and uh, ask him that question if he knows that. I'm uh, not sure he knows the actual you, definition of Are the you word. advocating that we prank call the White House like all these other radio shows do? No, I'm not saying This we- is Senator Menendez. No. Put me through to the president. I'm talking about a legitimate <laughs> question that we have. As oh. a legitimate member of the press. <laughs> I would much rather enjoy uh, prank call in the White House. Right. So you kind of got into we might know why. Yeah. And I don't think we know why, but there is a... Re- we may know why. There is a report that came out today uh, from Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, crew. We've talked about them a lot. Yes. And Very reputable uh, ethics organization. They're calling for an investigation into seven private flights taken by Nikki Haley. Yes. That were paid for by South Carolina business executives. Expensive foreign travel. Right. The 2017 flights, which Haley listed on her public financial disclosure report this year, were, were between New York, Washington, and three cities in her home state of South Carolina. Oh, I thought they were foreign. No. All right. I was wrong. Where she was governor before joining the Trump administration. The group says that the flights were worth about $24,000 and should be investigated by the State Department's Inspector General. Quote, by accepting gifts of luxury private flights, Ambassador Haley seems to be falling in line with other Trump administration officials who are reaping personal benefits from their public positions. This sounds to me like she's getting ahead. Otherwise, why would she quit? There's no there's no controversy. There's nothing going on. She hasn't called him a fucking moron like Tillerson. I just I don't see the reasoning. I don't see the motivation here. This seems like it would be. You get out ahead of it. You're out of the public spotlight. You assume that the 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 red hot focus of the media isn't going to be as as uh, much pressure if you're already out of the job. Well, apparently she's arguing in her disclosure that the flights that she valued at $3,200 are <laughs> exempt from the ethics regulations because of her personal relationship with the businessmen who paid for the gifts. Right. And they... These crew, guys have been paying me off for years. I'm really good friends with them. Crew is arguing <laughs> that Haley didn't provide enough information supporting that claim that yeah. she made. So I don't know if someone would resign, though, over... $24,000 in luxury flights. <laughs> would that be something that she would resign over to get out in, in front of that drama? Or is there something more here, possibly? And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Well, it's if they follow that down a rabbit hole, it might lead to something greater. Clearly, we're spe- speculating here. But think about what happened with uh, Price. Tom Price, the former Health and Human Services director. Think about what happened with uh, the EPA administrator, Scott Pruitt. Goddamn, I can't talk. Scott, the EPA administrator, Scott Pruitt. Yeah, well, the other interesting thing was... I had to redo it. Yes, I heard that. (laughs) Was the way that Donald Trump 
announced this. He had Nikki Haley to the White House. They sat in the chairs. They did a little press For thing. about 20 minutes, they sat there and, and, you know, jerked each other off. And he effectively said, people always think something's going on, so we thought this would be the best way to do right. it because nothing's going on. Right. You know, normally we just send out a written thing, but then all, all of you guys start reporting that something's going on. So we really wanted to just come here. This felt like the best way to do it. It felt like the best way. You know, the best way to make sure that nobody thinks something's going on, Brittany... Is to say, hey, look, uh, nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's going on, everybody. <laughs> Seems to work really well. Yeah. A fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fucking idiots, uh, let's move on. Uh, Melania Trump was in Africa this week. There's more to it. I'm just thinking of how to. <laughs> anyway, she gave an interview again with ABC in which she said some Pretty ridiculous things about the Me Too movement. And again, this is about due process and needing evidence. Um, People need to take her off the pedestal. Quit acting like she's a kidnap victim and realize she's a part of this whole shit show. ABC's exclusive interview with the First Lady, Chief National Affairs Correspondent Tommy Amos, traveled with Melania Trump on her first solo trip to Africa. And in a wide-ranging interview, she addressed several sensitive topics, including the Me Too movement. Tom is here. Good morning, Tom. George, good morning to you. That's right. We sat down with the First Lady in Kenya, but we were with her every step of the way during her tour through four African countries, seeing firsthand how this First Lady is trying to make her mark. On the road from Cairo to Giza, we see them on either side of the road. And when we stop, Egyptian security personnel, thousands of them, guarding every stretch of highway. We're in an armored van traveling in the First Lady's motorcade. Mrs. Trump's first solo trip abroad means every step will be guarded. In Egypt, the First Lady touring some of history's greatest landmarks. At times, appearing to make these monuments part of her own personal runway. In many ways, like the Great Sphinx she visited, Melania Trump also remains a mystery. But now, for the first time, opening up about her life and her time in the White House during our exclusive sit-down interview and revealing some of the obstacles she's recently faced. What's the most surprising thing about being First Lady for you? It's sad to see that um, organizations and foundations I want to partner with uh, choose not to because of administration. And uh, I feel they're choosing the politics over helping others. Can you give me any examples? I would not talk about it. They know who they are. I don't want want to put them out in front of the world, but they know who they are. And in our wide-ranging interview, we also asked the First Lady about some of the major events that have shaped and rocked her husband's White House and the country, including the Me Too movement. Think of your son. Think of your husband. I've had many false accusations. Just last week, her husband sharing that sentiment as the FBI investigated Judge Brett Kavanaugh over an accusation of high school sexual assault. What is your take about the Me Too movement, though? Do you believe in them? Do you support the Me Too movement? Uh, I support the women, and they need to be heard. We need to support them. And, you know, also men, not just women. Do you think men in the, in the news that have been accused of, of sexual assault, sexual harassment, have been treated unfairly? We need to have a really hard evidence that, you know, that if you're accused of something, show the evidence. Some women might hear that and say, how could you say that, Mrs. Trump? You, you need to stand with women. What would you say? I do stand with women, but we need to, we need to show the evidence. 
you cannot just say to somebody, I was, you know, sexually assaulted and or you did that to me or because sometimes the media goes too far and um, the way they portray some stories, it's it's not correct. It's not right. So this is hilarious coming from someone who was also a birther. And like you were saying, Jesse, there is kind of this divide, I think, on Melania Trump, where a lot of people want to give her a pass because they think, oh, she's in this marriage, that she's unhappy. Like they kind of project a lot of what they Yeah, assume. like she's a hostage. Yeah, like she's like she doesn't have free will. She can't leave. She's kind of stuck by Donald's side. And I don't know. I don't really want to get into all that because I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, But something I do know is that she has been willing in the past to go on TV, promote the racist conspiracy theories from her husband. Right. By the way, uh, just before we start the clip, uh, without hard evidence. Yes. We need hard evidence Mm -hmm. in some cases. Well, apparently not in others. Right. With the birth certificate obsession. Did he ask to see yours when you met him? Well, I, mean, I needed to put mine anyway, because if you want to become an American citizen, you need to put the, Amer- the birth certificate. Right. I have a birth certificate from Slovenia. Mm-hmm. And you Wait, don't, do it, you want to see President Obama birth certificate I've or not? I've seen it. I've seen it. It's it, not a birth certificate. Well, it's a, it's a certificate of live birth, right, which they but, get. But Melania, that, if they... If he insists on what he's saying, then no one in Hawaii can ever run for president because they all get the same live birth certificate. Well, but they need to have... Bet is finished, for example. (laughs) (laughs) They need to have, and in one way, it will be very easy if President Obama just show it. And because it's not only only Donald (laughs) who wants to see it, it's American people. Who voted for him and who didn't vote for him? They want to see that. But it, it's on display in Chicago. We've seen it on the internet. We've seen it. It's a, it's not the same as yours, but, but it's it, a certificate of live birth. Well, I, uh, we feel it's it's different than you know birth certificate. All right. Well, I think you should give it up at this point. Well, it's point. not. It's the it's not him that it's bringing up. It's the media all the time, all the time. His points are really about bringing back the jobs economy Mm -hmm. Uh, all right whatever we feel did you hear that phrase yeah we feel that it's not the same (laughs) so again it's not donald field we feel these people are just not credible i mean why are they even talking to her why are they getting her opinion on this not not the birtherism because that really exposed who she is but i'm talking about this abc interview where they're asking her opinion on these things we don't hear from her. She's not doing anything. Just why are we doing this? You know? It bo- it bothers me a lot because she's woefully uncredible. Well, I think people give her a pass because she's attractive. And I, I'm i not saying that lightly, but I think there is a little bit of a halo effect where she's attractive. So people are attributing good qualities to her mm, because she's pleasing yeah. to the eye. And... Obviously, she went on TV and was vigorously supporting this. Uh, Joy Behar was pushing back and she pushed back against Joy Behar. It wasn't like she just crumbled. Um, She was defending this. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's hard for me to get over that and think that she. (laughs) It's race. That's racism. Yeah. The birtherism was racism. 
let's not make any illusions about it. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. A way to delegitimize the first black president. Yes. And Donald Trump led that charge. Mm-hmm. And apparently so did his wife. Yeah. So we can let's dispense with all the poor, sad feelings. Oh, sympathy for Melania. No. She's part and parcel with her slapping America in the face with her fucking be best anti-bullying campaign from one side of the White House, while from the other, we have the biggest bully to ever sit in the Oval Office. Fucking joke. It's the asshole of today. A white woman who called the police on a black man because he was babysitting two white children. <laughs> she hasn't Let been... Let me guess. Like Mississippi or Alabama? Well, she hasn't been named anything in particular, so I had to say all of that because yeah. she doesn't have a name, but uh, Georgia. Oh, G- G- Georgia. Right. Slightly more progressive, but uh, not much. So Corey Lewis is the man's name, and he live streamed the incident on Facebook. Uh, it was described by one of the parents as a case of babysitting while black. So she wow. she followed him from a Walmart to his mother's home. So she saw him at a Walmart and then followed him to a second location because so she he, was this concerned. She he she saw him with the children. Right. Black man with white children. Right. There must be something going on. She said she feared for their safety. And wow. so, like I said, she followed them to a second location and called the the police. She followed to the mother's house. And that is where the cops then showed up to question him and question the children. With no evidence that any crime had been committed. Yes. So the parents said that they were in disbelief when they got a call from the police. According to them, they said, are you saying that because there's an African-American male driving my two white kids that he was stopped and pulled over and questioned? And he said that the officer responded, I'm sorry, ma'am. That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, this this guy, not that it matters, but he runs a program called Inspired by Lewis. It's a mentoring program where he aims to, quote, provide enrichment to socially challenged youth by promoting positive character development, self-awareness and life skills that cultivate our next generation of innovative leaders. And I say not that it matters because he doesn't need to have some exceptional mentoring program in order to be a legitimate babysitter right, or right. someone who doesn't deserve to be harassed. But it's not only is he just not a regular guy, he's an exceptional fucking guy. Right. He's an exceptional human, exceptional uh. human being. And this woman took time out of her day to follow him and call the police, which could have been a very dangerous situation, depending on what kind of cop answered that call yes. and responded and showed up at that house. Yes. We've seen the videos. You can get people killed by doing this. So unless you see something that is very concerning, do not call the police and harass people in this way. Sorry. It makes me very upset. I'm glad it makes you upset. I'm sweating now because of of all the yelling. (laughs) That's yelling, huh? Yes. What do I do on the show then? You scream. I just have a fucking maniac. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, thanks for this asshole of today. That's, yeah. that's a that's a, we need to know about that. I, I wish, wish that she had a clever name. I, I so was we gonna could, say. I wish we had her name. The barbecue Becky or the, yeah. the phone Tanya. I don't know what the names have been. 
Walmart, Wendy. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I got nothing. I'm not good at that. That's pretty good, I think. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm nothing. We're done. (laughs) We're fucking done here. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us every episode. As often as you listen, it's a great time. If you haven't yet gone on iTunes and reviewed the podcast, we are inviting you with open arms to do so. Maybe you can counteract some of the one-star Donald Trump 2020 reviews. That would be a fantastic time. Remember, no profanity. That's right. No profanity. Um, Other than that, we'd love your support on Patreon. Go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. We'd love for you to start buying your holiday gifts. Or if you're a Halloween gifter uh, on Amazon, go to dollamore.com slash Amazon. Every little bit goes a long way. And if you're going to spend your money there anyway... Why not help support your favorite show filled with mm, mm, news? News. <laughs> we haven't done that in a long time. Mm-hmm. And ridiculous comment. Yes. Anyway, we're going to go. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt. Those people on the internet are just idiots.